Good evening and welcome to the Astoria City Council, Monday, October 15th, 2018. Called to order, Chief Spalding. Councilor Emelow. Here. Councilor Brownson. Here. Councilor Bright. Here. Councilor John. Here. Here. Thank you. Uh, reports of the councilors. Councilor Jones. You caught me off guard there, Mayor. I thought I didn't know there was a council meeting tonight. I'll pass. <laughs> Me too. Yes. Tom. Tom. Not too much either. Uh, I just wanted to make note that you know I, I braved the weather and did the uh, gratification run for the parks, and uh, it was a rousing success for those of us that came. Our city manager was there, and I saw him trying to cheat across the line. But you know, that's what my job is: is to keep track. So, um, call them back. And uh, just also wanted to point out that you know we've had for for a, uh, a pretty good season of uh, political uh, forums, and we had a mayoral debate. And for those who didn't make them, I strong you know next time around check them out. It's really given us an opportunity to. Uh, a good idea of who these candidates are and uh, get a little bit of their personality, what they stand for. So um, I've been to them all and I've gotten a lot out of them. That's it. Councilor Nemola. Thank you, Mayor. Um, I just wanted to sing the praises of our interim uh, fire chief, Curtis, and his crew. Um, my daughter, Irene, a first grader, came home with this bag and in it uh, all kinds of fun stuff, uh, junior firefighter badge, um, information about your smoke alarms working. You can see uh, the beavers represented there, but I also like that there is some information um, representing the ducks. Um, <laughs> But all kinds of you know stickers and tattoos and crayons and fun things to engage children. But the cool thing is, is they uh, bring this loot home and it starts conversations with their families um, about uh, checking smoke detectors and escape routes and where to meet. And uh, we talk a lot about the importance of disaster resilience. This is something that the Astoria Fire Department does every year going into schools and uh, makes a really big difference. So thank you very much. Thank you. Um, um, I uh, got to run in the, uh, or walk, <laughs> didn't run, uh, walk across the bridge yesterday and that was always, that's always fun. It was a beautiful day. Uh, I've done several of those walks where it was through the horizontal rain and uh, so I appreciated this very much. It was it was a lot of fun, and uh, over three thousand people out there. So uh, it was a great deal of uh, success. Um, that's my only report. Uh, any changes to the agenda? No changes to the agenda. Okay. Um, the next item is the consent calendar, which is considered routine and passed with one motion, unless someone has asked for an item on the consent calendar to be removed. Um, has anyone from the public asked for? No citizen requests. No citizen requests. How about council? Okay. Could we have a motion then? I move we approve the consent calendar. Second. Um, Chief Curtis. Uh, Councilman Nemova. Aye. Councilman Brownson. Aye. Councilman Price. Aye. Councilman Jones. Aye. Mayor Lemire. Aye. Thank you. 
Um, our first uh, regular agenda item is the second reading uh, of the ordinance modifying the city code relating to camping in public places. The first reading of this ordinance was held at your September 17th city council meeting and at the October 1st meeting, the council decided to hold off on conducting the second reading as the next homeless, homelessness task force meeting was scheduled for October 8th and council wanted that meeting to happen before uh, a determination of holding a second reading. The Homeless Solutions Task Force meeting was held on October 8th where the ordinance was discussed and subsequently a committee was established which uh, assisted in developing a plan to connect displaced homeless individuals with community resources. I'm going to ask uh, that our Chief of Police, uh, Jeff Spalding, come forward. Um, we also have some other individuals from the subcommittee who will be here to be able to speak to the council. Tonight it's recommended the council consider conducting a second reading and <coughs> adopting the ordinance amending city code section 5.900 to 5.925 regarding camping in public places. Chief. Thank you. Mayor Lemire, members of council, Jeff Spalding, your police chief. As the city manager mentioned, uh, based on council's direction from the last meeting, uh, we spent uh, the vast majority, if not all, of our last homelessness task force meeting discussing this very topic. It was a very good meeting. We had a really, uh, we had a packed house there with uh, uh, quite a few guests, including our members, of course. We heard from individuals who uh, self-identified as homeless. Uh, three of them addressed the group. We also heard from uh, many of the residents up in the area, a few of the residents, and we also heard from many of the guests. Um, during that presentation, I also spoke to the group in a similar presentation I did to council before, showing some of the different camps that we have up there and some of the statistics in terms of numbers of calls and just kind of identifying the scope of the problem. There was some uh, good discussion amongst the group, and then uh, at that point we uh, looked for volunteers out of our membership to see who would be interested in sitting on the subcommittee and the city manager alluded to. Uh, there was eight different people that identified that they had definitely had an interest in this subcommittee. We were able to put this committee together and have our first meeting, or probably the only meeting, uh, last Wednesday. Uh, the members of that group met, and from what I understand, uh, they had a very good outcome, and uh, I, I, I agree with the recommendations that came from that subcommittee uh, in terms of us moving forward. Uh, one thing again I do want to reiterate, and I mentioned this to the council last time, is if council passes this ordinance, it is not the police department's intent to immediately go out there and serve notices and start evicting individuals from the urban forest areas. Our intention is, and will be, and always has been, that we want to be able to place as many of these individuals as possible using the recommendations of the most recent subcommittee. And it's our intent, again, to make sure that every individual that is still living up in the woods is contacted and given the appropriate resources. Again, Raven Russell from Helping Hands is the uh, chair of the subcommittee. She'll be speaking to that in just a minute. So again, I just want to reiterate uh, the importance of that, that uh, I know I'm hearing quite often that there's some fear that if this were to pass tonight that we're going to go out there and start posting notices and start kicking people out in 24 hours. That's not the case. This is going to take a long time and Again, we're very comfortable waiting as long as it takes to make sure as many people that can be helped can be helped as possible. So with that, um, if uh, Raven Russell would like to come forward and offer your recommendations. 
Hello, Mayor, Council. My name is Raven Russell. I'm the Development Director for the Hands Reentry Outreach Centers, which houses 190 homeless people per night in four counties, including Clatsop County, where we've been serving homeless for over 17 years. Uh, we, myself and seven other of us, met on Wednesday to discuss what would happen if the council does decide to pass this ordinance change, what would we do with the people that are coming out of the woods. Um, we were told by Chief Spaulding that they observed roughly 10 residents out in the woods, but there were members from, uh, residents from there that said that there would be more. So we were operating on the assumption that there would be roughly 30 people, that's a guess, um, that we might have to accommodate as an influx and then we would assume that any further ref referrals to this system would trickle in after that. So um, our, I would like to underscore that the plan that we developed here is not introducing any new program or any new aspects of programming from any of the agencies referenced. For us, this was really just documenting some procedures which are already in place for us. So um, the subcommittee uh, put together this plan here. I am going to read it, at least part of it, because I want to make sure and get it correct um, as the notes were taken and uh, approved unanimously by email from the subcommittee. So um, the first step would be that Astoria Police Department would prepare a Ziploc bag that would contain both the 24-hour notice and a resource guide uh, which is made available by Clots of Community Action. That's a resource guide that they're already developing and already updating and it contains resources for social, social service agencies across the county and um, if somebody were not comfortable accessing Clots of Community Action in their office, they would then have this resource guide so that they would be able to access whichever resources they felt were appropriate to their circumstances on their own. But they, the notice will also have a contact phone number and the business hours for Clots of Community Action's office. They already, as part of their normal functioning, triage people's circumstances and make recommendations for resources which are already available in our community. And so this would fall into their normal operating structure for them to take um, those individual referrals from um, this notice being posted and then figure out how to connect them with the appropriate resources for them. Colossal Community Action has resources at their disposal, including Helping Hands, which they refer to us often, uh, but they have other resources as well. Helping Hands is not the right answer for every person who's experiencing homelessness. Some have, uh, illnesses or conditions which make living in a more populated environment difficult, including PTSD and others, which were referenced at our most recent host meeting. And so we wanted our plan to include options for people that fit into that category so that we made sure that we were being inclusive in this response plan. And so Clots of Community Action is prepared to offer these individuals other uh, opportunities if Helping Hands is not the appropriate resource for them. They, will, they are able to place people in hotels or um, like at KOA in Warrenton, which is somewhere they have placed people before. They have resources that are not all the same so that they're able to figure out what's most appropriate for that individual and help connect them to those resources. So uh, we came up with some stipulations that we thought most appropriate for regarding how and when um, to post the 24-hour notice. We would like it to be posted in both English and Spanish. Um, it is worth noting that the subcommittee discussed that there is a literacy barrier for some people that may be living out there. We thought that with the connections of the group, they would be able to overcome that. So if one person wasn't able to read and understand the content of the 24-hour notice, that others around would be able to help them understand it. But we would like to recommend that the language be kept simple because literacy can be a barrier for some people that will be out there. Uh, we would prefer that the notice be posted on a Friday so that this would give them over the weekend to be able to figure out 
the best plan moving forward. We would then like Monday to not be the day when they, uh, when the city removes them from the forest so that they can access Clots of Community Action during their business hours on Monday and then on Tuesday. <coughs> that would give them from Friday until Tuesday and we think that that would be enough time to plan uh, which resources we're referring them to. Um, we would like the handwritten, I'm sorry, the notice, the 24-hour notice that is posted by Astoria Police Department to have a handwritten date and time of when they need to be out by. Um, if it's posted when somebody is not at the campsite, they won't know when that 24-hour clock starts, and we don't want to cause undue anxiety by them not knowing when they need to be out of the forest before um, Chief Spaulding or the city personnel might be coming and visiting. So we would like there to be a specific time and date noted on the 24-hour um, notice. And um, let me make sure I've got anything else. Oh, the last piece that we thought was really important was for there to be a person appointed on the city council who will make phone calls or other one-on-one -on -one connections with these people that are displaced out of the forest so that we can make sure that they got the resource guide, that they know how to contact lots of community action to access those other resources, and so that they know that they are part of our community and we want them to be safe. So that uh, person who is willing to step up right now is Councilor Price, and she said that she would be willing to make all of those phone calls um, for the time being for this potential influx if this ordinance change passes and um, we would ask that a new person be appointed to fill that role when Councilor Price is no longer on the City Council. So those are the recommendations of the subcommittee from HOST. Are there any questions that I can answer? All right. Thank you, Maria. Um, Anyone from the public wish to speak to this issue? Yes, okay. I would. Yes. Come, pardon? Yeah, it's a three minute time limit, so just give your name and your address. I'll try to speak fast. Okay. Um, I would like to address. Give your name and your address, please. My name is Michael Martin. I live in a, in a tent. I am an advocate and a, uh, an activist for the homeless. Um, I deal on the, the answer is going to um, I'm suffering from a bit of stress disorder, so if you'll excuse me, I'm just um, anyway. The answer is going to have to come from the federal government. And when you ask people that have no place to go in the first place, you can give them all the 2400 notes in the world. They have no place to go, so let's find a place for them to go. They're, they have issues. They have may have to have an ambulance called for them. We don't know. They're human beings, and this idea of feeding them like stray cats and treating them like dogs has got to stop. It's not just about a story. When you find somebody froze to death out here because they had for to be on a Section 8 waiting list, they'd done nothing wrong. They had no place to go. It, not treating these people like 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 American citizens. We're giving people from Syria eighteen thousand dollars a piece to relocate, and we're having candlelight vigils in front of our capital for seven thousand Americans about every year being homeless. Some of them are beaten to death. We have hate groups. Go to nationalhomeless.org and look at the statistics of people that are beaten to death. We have a serial killer in Albuquerque that stabbed people in their sleep. And the people that are here in Astoria, for God's sakes, man, count your blessings. You don't have a problem here. 
you have people that cannot fend for themselves and are being walked upon and given and, and used for grant money. And the city of Astoria, bless your hearts, please take it into your hands to take it out of the hands of the private sector. It's not this woman's fault. She's trying to do the best she can with her helping hands or whatever she's doing, but she, it, it, it's an enormous problem. It'll have to come from the federal level. But the city has to take control and, and identify and evaluate and find a place for these people to go and to stay until the federal government or somebody can come up and make housing fall from the sky. I could be on a list for low-income housing. You know, I've, I've had $2,000 in my pocket. I have it in my pocket now. I have no place to spend it. I have no place to go with it. I'm going to buy a boat in Florida because it's the only legal address I can have. And I've spent eight years up here watching this mess. And I, I'm, excuse me, I just need acupuncture. I'm really not <laughs> I came here to complain because somebody run over my perfectly new jeans with a backhoe back here and destroyed the environment behind Best Western, I guess thinking that, that they were going to do something to prevent the homeless people from camping there. I'm not here to complain about my pants. I'm here to help you people, to help these other people. Be a nurse's aide. Go give a bed bath. You'll have a better appreciation of what these human beings represent. They have mothers and fathers and childhoods just like everybody else and they deserve to be treated like everybody else. And I'm, I've given the, the mayor's assistant, uh, Jennifer, my information. I want all of you to contact me and ask me any questions, pick my brain. I have my own YouTube channel. I've spent a lot of time trying to figure this out. Thank you. Okay, I want, I'm here to help, I want to help you. And I need to go get stuck with a needle. I'm having water foster issues. <laughs> Thank <laughs> but you. It's wonderful, I want to to uh, Mr. Martin, thank you so much for coming. I, I don't know if you have met Elaine Bruce, who is Executive Director of Clatsop Community Council, uh, Action. She is here in this room tonight. Clatsop Community Action is the hub organization here in Clatsop County that uh, helps to find uh, housing and all sorts of services uh, for people. And uh, if you are able to either contact her tonight uh, perhaps after the meeting or well, I, I, after this or or uh, or at some other time. There are resources that could help you with well, transitional well, housing. You, you misunderstand me, ma'am. I have decided to, to take the executive decision. I have, I have also a condition in my hip. I'm having cortisone in my hip. I don't think that I could painfully survive a winter here in the beautiful Astoria. <laughs> so I'm going to go help the people that went through uh, Hurricane Maria that I know very well and I'm, I'm just now starting to make those arrangements. So okay. I, I won't be here much longer myself and I'll have legal residence under maritime law and, and say la vie. I had a boat before, it was a wonderful thing. Hurricane Rita ate that one. But just, just I want to stress that I, I've written a program called the Agricultural Housing and Education Program, which I hope to get crafted into a bill and put before Congress, and I hope to testify before Congress. And I'm writing a book. I'm trying to encourage Marianne Monson to help me write this book. And you know, so far, um, you know, I'm getting some attention. People in, in Congress are listening to me. It's a medical ethics issue. It's a human rights issue. We're being criticized as a nation as of 2014 by the UN because we're criminalizing people for being homeless. We're in violation as a nation of the UN treaty that, that we pa helped to pass so that we could criticize North Korea and China. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Martin. Someday common sense will come out. 
you know, that's all I'm saying. Someday, hopefully, you folks will, will decide to open your eyes a little bit and, and let's treat this in a different manner. Let's take it out of the private sector and have not been working for years. We got a guy over here that has dysentery so bad that he'll spread it in the community and he should be in the hospital. Nobody's checking on him. I don't even know who he is. All I know is there's a big, you know what I mean? It, 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 it's an issue. There's a lot of stuff going on. And, and the people that are running around here in the story that are making these kinds of health issues and messes don't have their mental facilities to, to be functioning. They need care. How we get that care through guardianship or find a relative, something. But we can't just let them run around and then persecute them because they don't have anything left and they have no place to go. It's not the answer. Thank and you very much. I'm, I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be a, a steward. And there's a big mess where I live, and I'm trying to help the city clean it up and turn it into a picnic area before they decide to do something else with it. Cutting down the trees isn't an answer. Okay, thank you. So, thank you all for listening to me babble along. Well, but, and but Mr. I, Martin, I, I, I think all of us would agree that it's a federal problem. Uh, when we go to these meetings across the state, uh, it's not just... Astoria, it's not just Clatsop County, it's Oregon, and it's across the entire United States. And it's a huge problem, and we're trying our best to work on it. Uh, but there aren't a whole lot of resources uh, well, and sites for places for people to go. Right, and Madam, what I'm saying is that the city has the resource, they don't realize that they have the resource to very simply address the problem on a human level, like I was explaining to Chief Spalding. A brass tag program where these people have a number, they've been vetted, they're not wanted for anything, they're not a child molester, they're not a danger to our community and to the tourists that come here. Okay, that, what that cost you? Nothing. And, and you give me 24 hours, I got a bum hip, I'm not even supposed to be walking. <laughs> so. 24 hours, I'm going to look at you and, and just grin. Y'all can haul me off to the hooscow where you claim that you don't have any room for it. When I haven't done anything wrong, I'm up there just trying to go to sleep. You know, people have to sleep. I'm not trying to break the law. I've been outdoors for eight years and I've had no, no contact with law enforcement whatsoever other than the, getting tickets for cardboard signs and I have to take them to court. Oh, I'd beat a camping ticket too. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I mean, I, I've had to deal with all this, and I've seen it from a whole different perspective. And the only constructive thing from all that is, is to help solve the problem. Okay, thank you. And thank you for listening, and, and I hope to hear from all of you genuinely questions or brain picking or whatever. Um, but thank you, and I, I hope you take it as, a, as you know, these people are human beings. And, and Portland could learn a big lesson from the city of Astoria if they adopt that idea of okay, Thank you. Anyone else? Ah, Rick Bowers, 357 Commercial. And I did send a letter to Jen and she said it would get on. Okay, I see a few head nods. So I won't repeat much in there. Um, one of the, I, the one point I want to make is I'm still concerned about some of the folks who are afraid to pick up the phone to call uh, CCA. And, you know, it's the classic cases, the, the veteran with PTSD, but there are others in that same category where they're just too scared to do that. And I'm concerned that they're going to move farther into the woods. And I know Chief Spaulding, I really appreciate his energy with the health and safety and 
tough time responding into the woods, and it's going to be even harder responding deeper into the woods, which may be an unintended consequence of this ordinance. The other one that I really like is I know that the social service agencies are going to help a lot of people, but I would love it if somebody like CCA tracked, you know, all the phone calls that come in, and I know you can't tell the public, here's the name and here's what happened, but individual A receives services and they're in helping hands or whatever, but I would love to have some tracking mechanism so that we would understand if there are people who called and then the for one reason or another, we never heard back or services weren't available. And I would really appreciate that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And I noticed that, that uh, Elaine Bruce is nodding her head that uh, that tracking is certainly Can it be available. made publicly available? I know names can't be, but. Yeah, we, we do. And then we do callbacks for people. So if, they, if they're hesitant about coming in, we call repeatedly and make sure okay. that they know they're heard and right because we've got the names up front because I appreciate Councillor mm -hmm. Price Absolutely. being willing to call them up front. So thank you. Okay, thank you. Anyone else? Okay. My name is John Northwood and I'm, uh, I live in a tent in the woods. Um, I'd just like to bring up a few things. I mean, it seems like everybody is looking at the homeless as either mentally ill, um, criminal, or uh, you know hiding from something. And really, I see only probably 10% or less that are mentally ill. The rest of them, are, you know, I mean, everybody's half of them are working. And even though they're working, they're working with jobs that can't sustain them. They can't get an apartment. They have to have three or four of them together to get one apartment. And nobody in this town is going to rent the three or four separate individuals, you know, it, it's, it's a mess usually. So there's a lot of barriers uh, uh, that keep people out there. I'd say, I'd say most of them don't want to be out there. Um, some of them enjoy it, some of them like it. Uh, they are gonna, the ones that do are going to go deeper into the woods. You know, that's the plan. Um, there's how many thousands and thousands of acres that go between here and Beaverton, you know. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's not going to go away because an ordinance is passing, I think is a, uh, but the main concern I have is, what are the penalties when they don't leave? Uh, I heard it was gonna be $1,000 fine, and you know, to, to a homeless person who already doesn't have anything, that puts them years behind, seriously. Uh, a $500 fine for driving a car that's invalid takes away somebody's rights for three, four, five years before they can catch up when they're homeless, because every month there's a, something else that comes up, something else that comes up. A thousand dollar fine is harsh for even a homeowner, but for somebody who has, uh, you know, they make maybe, you know, whatever they, they can, they, you know, for money, a thousand dollars puts them as like, okay, now you're so far behind, you're a non-person practically, they can't do anything. Um, and so I hope that you think of more appropriate response than a thousand dollar fine. <clears throat> and if it happens again, it's another thousand, a thousand, you know, it just, it will kill people. Um, doesn't give them the chance to get out of it, and uh, you know, encourage them other ways somehow. Uh, there, there are uh, uh, the people I know. They basically want out of the woods. Um, it's enjoyable in the summertime. It's going to rain. <laughs> um, I'm ready to get out. So, uh, but I want to thank 
I'd like to thank the Chief and uh, Kenny Hansen, though, for keeping us pretty aware of what's going on and um, encouraging us to take part in it. Thank you very much. Thank you. I would like to say, too, that this ordinance is not meant as a penalty for uh, viewing the homeless as criminals. Uh, we realized that our ordinance was lacking uh, a, a portion. We say that they can't camp in city parks, they can't camp on the Riverwalk, can't camp downstairs, downtown, but there was nothing said about our public lands. So for, for safety reasons, because we fear fires in the woods, uh, other dangers in the woods, that's why we're, pat, we're working on this, this ordinance. It's not meant as a penalty to the homeless. Um, I believe very firmly in the inherent worth of every single individual on this planet. And I sympathize and empathize with the homeless. I have a homeless son in San Luis Obispo right now. So I understand what's going on. But we also have to protect the rights of those who are living near the homeless encampments. And we have to look at everybody, not just the homeless. We're looking at everybody in the city. So I hope you understand it's not meant as a penalty. So thank you. Anyone else? Yeah, my name is Bert Hall, and I'm homeless too. Uh, just for a clarification, you say you're going to tag the camps on Friday, Monday's for CCA, and then Tuesday stuff's going to be removed. So we got one day to get help. Is that what I'm hearing? Would you like to address that, Chief? Or? Hi, Bert. Hey. And Chief, would you, uh, could you uh, reference the, uh, um, the penalty of fines? Right, well, so, and just to be clear, we're talking about two totally separate issues. There's the one issue, of course, is uh, addressing the actual camping in the urban forest, which is what the issue is before council tonight. The issue of whether we're going to issue citations for illegal camping is a totally separate issue. It is not our intent to go out and issue citations to individuals in the camp to just compound the problems that they're already having economically. Uh, as far as the fine, I don't know what the fine, I know the maximum could be up to $1,000. I don't know what the exact fine is that would be imposed, but in all likelihood it wouldn't be $1,000. But again, that's not our intention to go up there and issue citations. So um, again, it's to address the concerns that the mayor alluded to in terms of some of the safety issues. Uh, one of the things I heard from one of the gentlemen back here, John, just the other day was that one of the uh, gals that lives up in the woods had slipped down a cliff up there, fell 30 feet, and hurt her ankle. And so those are the kind of things that we just can't provide medical services to. Our EMS can't provide the services. The police can't provide police services. And so that's our primary concern. All the other things that I've mentioned in terms of the, the trash and the needles, those kind of things are a, a concern. But the biggest one is being able to attend to the needs of anybody that's, you know, that's not reachable because of the unimproved road conditions and the other um, just the natural uh, things that we're experiencing in the forest. So as far as the question that speaks to, you know, uh, Burns' question as far as how quickly we plan to move on this, that is a recommendation of the subcommittee that we posted on Friday, which would actually give a couple extra days. 
again, a little bit of a moot point as far as I'm concerned because we are not going to rush out there and look at our watches and say 24 hours later we need to be out there and clean up these camps. It probably won't even happen on Monday or the next Tuesday. But we do need to give some sort of a deadline date so that the individuals know that we're serious and that we're going to move the camps, we're going to move the camps. But at the same time, we're also going to work with our social service agency partners to ensure that all of the things we said we're going to do in terms of trying to place some of these individuals will happen before any action is taken. Thank you. Anyone else want to address the council? Thank you, Chief. My name is Dorothy Olson. I live at 127 Washington Street. And if it wasn't for my mom, I'd probably be in a tent. Um, so I'm actually, well, I want to definitely say that if the fine is that high, it should be a lot lower than that, even for a maximum. You know, maybe like $25, $50, you know, um, something that could actually be worked off with community service, you know, helping to clean up some of these camps. Um, so my main question tonight is about the piece of land that CCA uh, was gifted by Safeway. Um, I hear it's zoned to the point where you are not able to build or develop it. Now I'm not saying put a, a you know, building there, and I think it's, I'm not sure about this, if it's zoned that way because it's a slide zone, or what the zoning reasons are. But if it is just because it's a slide zone, I mean, we live in Astoria, but we're all in a slide zone. You know. Well, if, if, if that big shake comes, I mean, isn't the whole, isn't it, the ground just, everything's going to just kind of move? Anyway, that's, that was just, this just the point. A section of salt. Oh, good to know. I wish I, I hope I live on it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, so that particular area could be um, moved a little bit, changed, and maybe rezoned for uh, a camp. Um, we could change, we could do the privacy fence with all those trees and maybe even like a real fence. Um, I've, I've seen some uh, tiny home, a tiny home park in Denver that worked out pretty well. Um, it's even like a gated community. There's a lot of gate keep people safe, you know. Um, so if we were able to change that zoning and you know give a, you know when union if union townhouse fills up, give it you know give people another option to move their camp to a safer place, you know that's close to running water, a store, the bus line, so they can get to work, a dumpster, you know a porta potty. Maybe we could get um, the, uh, the garbage company and, and a local sanitation company to donate it for some kind of tax receipt given through CCA. Um, you know, this could be an option. And otherwise, it just sits there and, you know, looks sad. <laughs> um, it could be made into a beautiful, you know, commitment to recognizing human beings as human beings and giving them an option to be safe. And, you know, have a toilet. Those are those are important things. Anyway, um, do you guys know anything about that? Do you know why it's zoned the way it is and how we could change it? I don't know what property you're talking uh, about. I, believe, I believe she's speaking about the Hyatt County Slide property. Uh, the, oh. Oh. the one, um, and that area is, is not zoning. It's um, actually instability uh, from landslide and the city of Astoria. Um, have, and CCA have spoken about this piece of property, and uh, it is uh, not a place where the city uh, would recommend any structures to be built. We don't want to build anything. I'm talking just plain tank camping. Just clear it out just for the interim. I mean, until these houses are built, 
And of course, once all that, you know, everybody can be placed, yeah, put you, it back to routine. You just asked about, I just want to clarify, it's not zoning. It's, it's, it's dealing, the issue has been uh, dealing with instability in that area okay. uh, post LMS line. That did happen. Okay, so basically it, it, it could be, um, could it be? Change, flatten, something put on it so that it could be. No, from looking at the public works director, no. A lot of this has to, has to do with when you have a, and I can't speak specifically about this particular piece of property, but you start moving dirt around and it slides up, you often create a, a worse situation than when you started with. And I think the idea of um, finding a piece of property that could be set up would be. A great idea, and I think that um, I mean, I'm sort of interested in, in hope. Well, I'd like to see somebody be able to pursue that and kind of try and identify some areas, and then see if there's a workable way that uh, we can implement something. The city, from my perspective, I always hate going back to this. It's a resource thing, you know, the funding, the staff to, to manage and, and to actually accomplish something like this. So. But that doesn't mean it can't be done, and that can't be done with, uh, with the help of the county, because you have to remember that when it comes to health and safety, um, mental and physical, that's what the county's charged with. The city doesn't run health services or, or social services. You know, we, we're kind of small imprint when it comes to services, and it's the county and the state, and then of course the feds, that you find programs and resources. So I uh, just wanted to be able to say that. Uh, but I would, you know, I, I think, I don't, I, I won't speak for the others. I would support if somebody could identify an area and create a workable solution for people to be able to go for and set up temporarily and not be in the woods and not be uh, sort of an unknown to the neighborhood. So a lot of, a lot of times I, I see that as part of the issue. I'm hearing that as part of the issue. It's the, the people that live at the foot where people are coming and going that have families, that have um, who knows what's gone on in their lives, that when they don't know people and they're coming and going, it's making them insecure. Even if they may not be, they feel that way. And that's what we're often addressing. So to be able to create a situation where we can protect the people who live there, who have property, who have children. You know, I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind when we talk about this whole issue. So I'll stop there. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Any council discussion? Or? Yes, thank you. Uh, my interest is in getting people out of the outside and in, into housing. And we talked about, this was the, the main thing that we talked about both at the general host meeting, not one the main thing, but a main thing, and certainly at the subcommittee meeting. Is there the capacity within the community to house all of the campers that we're talking about? Uh, and perhaps more, and the answer is yes. And what we should be, what I want to do, what my focus is, getting people into transitional housing, into a situation where they, in fact, will be safe, uh, in, into housing. Uh, even if it is, uh, as some people may need, uh, a 
a tent at the KOA, a regulated campground, um, this is the direction that we should be going, is encouraging people uh, in every way we can, providing all of the many resources that are available here in the community, uh, both for mental health, physical health, housing, transitional housing, and then eventually into permanent housing so that they can become uh, responsible people with a sense of purpose and, uh, and, and good citizens of Astoria, which is what um, most of the campers want to be, but not all. Uh, we are, I believe that uh, I am, we all are going to have to accept both as um, uh, city bureaucrats and legislators and as city residents a certain number of people who are not able or ready to come in from the cold, so to speak, and so that there will be people on the streets and in the forest that we are unable to help at this time because they are not ready to be helped. But if you talk to Alan Evans, if you talk to people who have spent much of their lives on, on the streets, they will tell you that if you just keep providing services and keep giving and giving and giving without uh, asking for some sort of responsibility, some time where you have, you just, I don't know, reach your bottom or whatever it is, that, that, we, that we are not helping. That doesn't help. That only empowers people. So I think we're getting way ahead of ourselves right now. Uh, I, I actually, Tom and I, Councilor Brownson and I talked at some point about, and I've mentioned it myself, maybe we need a, a space uh, probably somewhere in the county for a camp, but having learned more about the services that are available and the people who are camping, we have the ability to help the people who are ready to be helped right now. And even those people who aren't ready to be helped, we have the services and the ability, and we do go and talk to them. We, uh, Detective Hansen is, is the homeless outreach person. He talks to these people all the time. We have uh, Classic Behavioral Health is doing some outreach. We have Helping Hands and Classic Community Action and all sorts of caring, giving individuals at the Warming Center uh, with uh, River Folk, with you know, numerous organizations who are working with the people who are not ready to come in yet to try to get them ready. So I want, I would like our focus to be, let's, let's do the ordinance, whether it's you post on a Friday and you give them, uh, give, give the Tuesday, maybe it's Wednesday, but again, a, a time certain, and I hope that APD or whoever would be going in there would be ready uh, to go there and then not say, well, maybe we won't be there. I think, again, if you talk to Alan Evans, it's important to have specific times and conditions. Uh, otherwise, just like me, people take advantage of their situation, as, as I know I have from time to time. So uh, I, I, um, I think we should pass this ordinance, and I think we're doing it with every kind of compassion that one could possibly feel. And part of compassion is ex expecting people, having people, giving expectations, letting them know that we know they can do it. You know, it, anybody, they can do it. They can, uh, a camper can spend 12 or 18 months in transitional housing. It's not someplace that I would want to go tomorrow. But if I was living on the street, I, I think I would suck it up when I was, when I was younger. And, 
left home too early. I, I never. I, I actually did live in my car for three weeks, and I washed my hair in, uh, in the backyards, and people had their hoses. This was in Southern California. It was a hell of a lot more comfortable than it would be around here. <laughs> But, uh, you know, you just do, I just did what I had to do, and, and, uh, um, and I think that, that we don't do uh, the unhomed a favor by pretending that they, by acting as if they cannot do anything of their own. They can, and um, so. Thank you. Any other comments? I think the only other thing I have, I'm just wondering, uh, is there any value in, uh, within the ordinance, it being uh, a 48-hour, a 72-hour, something that gives a little bit more time and specific, or is 24 a, an optimum, and if so, is there a reason why it's an optimum? Counselor, the 24-hour uh, is based on state law. Uh, however, what I don't know for sure, and I will have to do some research to find out if that's a minimum of 24 hours. If it simply states that that's a minimum of 24 hours, I am not opposed to making it 48 or something longer. So uh, 24 hours is the bare minimum. So. With, with just a uh, little feedback from the council, would that be any interest in entertaining that? I would say no because we're in effect giving them even a great deal more than 72 hours. It's a 24-hour notice that, that again we hope weather permitting post on a Friday, um, and and then the time certain is Tuesday. Maybe if maybe if one day is not enough to get in touch with CCA, then it could be a Wednesday. But you're you're giving you know three four days there. So. I hear that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'd just like to thank the host subcommittee for its quick work and that was a really excellent brief that you gave thank you for that and also like to thank the host for its work over the past well over a year and Chief Spaulding for his I think extremely proactive uh, and continued and very empathetic outreach to um, to the campers specifically but members of the homeless uh, community writ large and uh, while I know a few of my constituents uh, who are neighbors live adjoining the woods did come speak to the host. I would just read briefly, you know, the concerns that we also have about our neighbors, and most most of those um, properties are in Ward Four. So I maybe I hear get more of the emails than other counselors sometimes. And this is for a neighbor at the very end of Franklin who writes that. Um, you know, we're at the entrance to the homeless camp. People in my neighborhood have deep concerns about what this has brought to our neighborhood. We have people coming and going all hours of the day and night. Last Saturday, between 11.45 and 12.15, we had three vehicles come drop off people. We have new vehicles almost every week going to people that they camp here. We're very concerned about our sense of losing our feeling of safety walking in the neighborhood. And the letter goes on for some time, and I just say that, you know, we're trying to be sensitive to everybody's needs and find a balance. And I do think that the work that the host has done uh, does try to find some kind of balance between meeting needs of, uh, of neighbors that are affected and people that are, that are camping. And so I would, you know, advocate for doing the, the second reading. 
Well, I'd like to make a motion that we have a second reading of the ordinance modifying city code 5.90 to 5.925 relating to camping in public places. Second. Um, Ms. Brooks, could you read the title of the ordinance, please? An ordinance revising ordinance 5.900 related to camping in public places. So, uh, councilors, um, I, a motion was not needed to, to have the second reading, okay. but what we will need is a motion now, uh, if you wish, uh, to adopt the ordinance. I so move. Second. Okay, we need a roll call. Um, um, Mr. Harrington, please. Councilor Nimble. Aye. Councilor Brownson. Aye. Councilor Price. Aye. Councilor Jones. Aye. Aye. Thank you. And thank you for all the people that are here. Um, we really appreciate both sides of this issue and uh, we will do our very best to follow up what the recommendations from the host subcommittee were make sure that the folks that are being moved out of the woods have a safe place to go so thank you um, the next item is a public hearing and a first reading for an ordinance modifying city code 1.010 so the city continues to experience complaints of illegal parking in the area of 38th Street and Duane Street. And this area draws a significant amount of traffic due to a well-known attraction in the area. Over the years, the city has posted signage and locations in this area indicating no stopping and no parking with a moderate level of compliance. Experience has shown from other jurisdictions that increasing the fine in certain areas has been a better deterrent effect for this type of issue. It's proposed that council consider raising fines in the area uh, for which will minimize illegal parked cars, improve traffic flow, and minimize potential traffic collisions. An ordinance was included in your packet uh, to amend uh, city code section 1.010 and also 6.380 and noted in the memorandum. It's recommended that the council hold a public hearing and consider holding a first reading of the ordinance amending city code 1.010 and adding city code section 6.380. If there are specific questions about this, um, our police chief Jeff Spalding will be able to answer them before you open the public hearing. Okay. Are there any questions from the council? public hearing then. Um, is there anyone who wishes to address the council on this matter? Does everyone understand what it is? Okay. Uh, okay. If there's no questions, then I will close the public hearing. Okay, council discussion? Well, I'll, I'll thank um, uh, Chief Spaulding and his some of his crew who have worked repeatedly with the neighbors up there since since he's been here. And uh, uh, Chief Spaulding and Mr. Harrington jointly held a uh, town hall meeting at Oldbrook Hall several weeks ago on this issue, and quite a few neighbors did come. And there was a very good discussion. And uh, I think you know this is a really good uh, recommendation for a first step. I mean, really, the the problem at its you know, most fundamentally, it's a problem of around the world, these crazy people think that was a good movie and they want to come see it. 
I don't get it myself. But uh, there's really been there's been a lot of work done actually with the chamber as you know remove all reference to a location. And there's uh, quite a few websites that used to refer to a certain address that that's no longer listed. There unfortunately are a few websites that have been unsuccessful having the address of this attraction removed from. But you know I think. Um, this might help uh, when it becomes public that these fines are there. It might might discourage some people who will try to look up the address online and they might find the, these fines and maybe not park on that street. That's the goal. Okay, thank you. Um, let's have a motion to hold the first reading then. So moved. Second. Okay, um, all, all those in favor? Aye. Uh, opposed? Uh, we, could we have a reading of the ordinance? An ordinance revising ordinance 1.010 relating to the penalties and the addition of city code 6.380 relating to the enhanced fine zones. Do we have to read the No, that's all we have to do and this will be brought back to your next meeting for a second reading and consideration of adoption. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, the next item is a liquor license application from Chris Holland. And this liquor license has been filed by Chris and Jennifer Holland of Porin LLC doing business as next event. Uh, the application is for a new outlet for a full on-premise sales license and the various departments have reviewed it with no objections noted. I would uh, point out as outlined in the police department uh, memo that presently this space is being used as a Baked Alaska annex. However, the applicant owner of Baked Alaska has decided to give this location its own identity and therefore the space would require its own liquor license. So tonight it's recommended that the City Council consider this application. Mayor, I would declare a conflict of interest and recuse myself from the vote as um, the applicants are clients of my husband's business, Cervasia Gratis, doing business as Port George Brewery. I move that we uh, approve the liquor license application for Porn LLC doing business as next event. Second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you. Okay. Um, that's the end of our regular agenda, so it's now time to open up to uh, the public if anyone has anything that they would like to talk about. Chris? Good evening. Um, I'm not here to mention, talk about the work session, but um, uh, it did, uh, Chris Hafner, 687 12th Street. Thank you. Um, there's, I was really impressed about how the, um, how the co-op situation worked out. And we have another case uh, going on with the Hollander Hotel. Um, and there's a lot of uh, community discussion and opposition um, I'd, I'd kind of like to see an ordinance get reviewed about um, when large hotels or large companies come to Astoria that they do something for their staff housing. Um, you know, I think that it's possible for neighbors and the hotel owner to maybe meet, find some middle ground if that individual were to provide a certain amount of rooms for um, employees. I know from uh, 
my own personal experience of working in a hotel after high school in a city that had a housing crisis and it was quite expensive that they did provide rooms and beds and it was quite helpful for young people to get their first job and have a roof over their head. So maybe you could uh, give that some consideration. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? And uh, we will recess at this time into executive session. Thank you all for coming.